Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, October 15, 2017. The text for the day is from 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verses 7 through 18. But we have this treasure in clay jars, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. But just as we have the same spirit of faith that is in accordance with the Scripture, I believed, and so I spoke. We also believe, and so we speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus, and will bring us with you into his presence. Yes, everything is for your sake, so that grace, as it extends to more and more people, may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart, even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure, because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. One of my favorite hymns of the faith, because in a very simple way, it delivers the absolute essence of the faith. Lead me, guide me. We live in a world and we live in a faith and we live in a church at a time where we think it's about us. Our strength, our ability, our desires, our wants, our needs. And yet the choir so eloquently just preached the gospel. That's beautiful song about lead me and guide me. And there's no better way to get into today's text and today's message than through those words. Because in this last of our series, does the Bible really say that? We've come to the saying that is harder than any other for a pastor or a teacher in the faith to counteract. Because many well-meaning people will look at you and say, well... If you just follow Christ, everything will be better in your life. Any of y'all ever heard that? Any of y'all ever read the New Testament? I think Paul would take issue with the idea that if you follow Christ, life gets easier and life gets better. In fact, following Christ is the hardest decision we will ever make. And it is the hardest decision because we go from calling our own shots to lead me, guide me along life's way. And that's hard because we live in a time and a place and a world where we make everything about us. Our pocketbooks, our power, our prestige, our stroke, our entitlements. And we look at God and go, if I'm going to follow you, there better be something in it for me. And yet, not only the biblical truth, but 2,000 years of human history 
since Christ walked the earth, proves that this statement is false. And yet I don't want to hammer too hard those who have shared this message of if you follow Christ, life will be easier because it's well-intentioned. And a lot of times when we get upset with one another, and I'm as guilty of it as anybody, we forget intent. We forget the message of humility. We forget the message that this isn't about us. And in today's passage, Paul's writing to the Corinthians, and he's going through and he's talking about this idea of endurance. And instead of just standing up and writing to them about endurance, he says, let me tell you my story. As Gail so eloquently read, he says, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And that gets to the first thing we must remember when it comes to living a life that following Christ. And that is the message is the focus. The message of Christ's life, death, and resurrection is the focus. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about what anybody else wants. But it's about what is it that God is calling us to? And how is God calling us to live that out? The message is the focus. And what was Christ's message? To live a life of hope, peace, joy, love. A life that points to God and not to self. A life that loves the Lord our God with everything we have and our neighbors as ourselves. Nowhere in the Gospel did Jesus say it's about anyone but God. And Paul says, what we do is from God and not from us. How many of us today are physically or spiritually or emotionally exhausted because we keep trying to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders? How many of us gather today like we're on the edge because we're trying to hold on to so much? And we're trying to juggle so much. And how much would our lives change if instead of feeling the weight was on us, if we followed Christ's message of casting our cares upon Him? And we're going to get to the rejoinder to that in a minute. Because the natural instinct is, preacher, I try to give it to God, but nothing seems to get better. Why give it to God if nothing seems to get better? Well, I believe firmly in the power of evil. I believe firmly in the power of evil, and I think evil works its hardest within the Christian community. I think evil works its hardest within the life of a church. Because the devil wants nothing more than for us to be a house divided. It's kind of funny. On Halloween this year, we're going to be celebrating 500 years of the Protestant Reformation. And it's funny because, well actually I don't know if it's funny, but it's ironic. 
because so many Protestants think nothing could ever change or should ever change in the life of the church. And if you really believe nothing should ever change, then you have no business being Methodist or Protestant. You need to be Roman Catholic going back to the 1500s because the church always changes and has always changed. The message does not change, but how it is done has changed. But it's not only how the message of the church has changed and how it, or the message of the church, how it's done has changed, but so many things in our life change. So many things change and they change overnight. And just when we think we're on, just when we think we're coming up for air, we get blindsided with something else and we go, when is enough enough? Am I the only one in here that's ever felt like, God, when is enough enough? I think if we're all honest with ourselves, there's not a one of us who hasn't asked that question from time to time. God, when is enough enough? Do you not understand that between work and school and family and friends and this club and that club and that, da, 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 it seems like it's enough. And that's where Paul comes wading in with his own testimony. Where he says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. My friends, the key is to not be looking at our circumstances, but to keep our eyes focused on the bigger prize. Because the second point we see as we look at Paul's recitation of all that he goes through is that vigilance is required. Vigilance is required so that circumstances do not hijack our faith and our witness. Vigilance is required so circumstances do not hijack our faith and our witness. How many times do we allow our circumstances to dictate our relationship with others? How many times do we allow our circumstances to dictate our relationship with those we love? How often do we allow circumstances to dictate our relationship with God? More so than we probably want to admit. And with all these things Paul's going through, he reminds the readers and the hearers of this word so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. What is impacting your life right now? What is going on that is manifesting itself in thought, word, and deed? <coughs> Do we react to our circumstances or do we respond to the loving grace of God in Christ our Lord? Vigilance is required so circumstances do not hijack our faith and our witness. How often do we allow our emotions to get hijacked? We love the cross, but we question the power of the cross when we allow something in our lives to be more powerful than the life, death, and resurrection 
of Christ our Lord. But he goes on and he says, It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus. All of this is for your benefit. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. What is speaking louder? Your circumstances or your faith? That's our third point for the day. Our faith must speak louder than our situation. Our faith must speak louder than our situation. I don't think there's a one of us in the room both willingly and unwillingly, who hasn't at some point allowed our circumstances to speak louder than our faith. So I look back on my own life and I see what all has gone on. I know there, I have perfectly good, according to the standards of the world, I have perfectly good reason to be angry and bitter. But the question I have to ask myself is, Am I going to allow my circumstances and my reaction to the circumstances be more powerful than the love of God in Christ? At the end of the day, all we have is hope. <clears throat> and we have hope because we have faith. And as we're reminded in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things unseen. Paul goes through and he talks about everything that they've gone through. And he's talking about the message that they proclaim of Christ and Him crucified. Then he says, therefore, and I promise you, whenever you read Scripture, when you see the word therefore, get ready. Because your faith is fixing to be challenged. He says, therefore, in spite of all this, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly, we are wasting away. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our lights and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix, listen carefully church, we fix ourselves not on what is seen but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. My friends, the fourth and final thing we better remember this morning is that perspective is crucial. Perspective is crucial if we are to endure. The perspective is crucial if we are to endure, for it relies on hope and faith. It relies on hope and faith. It does not rely on our circumstances. Faith does not say those with the biggest checkbook wins. Because we all know you're not taking your checkbook with you when you die. Faith does not say that if everything in our situation and everything in our circumstances temporally is fine, then we're okay. Because nothing we deal with temporally lasts forever. Nothing lasts forever. Except the loving grace of God found in Christ. It's not a matter of life getting easier or not when we follow Christ. Because we don't follow Christ for our life to get easier. 
As a matter of fact, Jesus pretty much told them, y'all are signing your own death warrants if you follow me. And in that day they were. But Jesus signed His own death warrant. The question is out of order. The idea that life is supposed to get easier when we follow Christ, because that's not the point of the faith. We follow Christ not because of what we get out of it, but because of what Christ has put into it. What Christ has put into creation, what Christ has put into our world, what Christ has put into our lives. This passage demands that we ask ourselves, where is our focus? Where is our perspective? Where are we vigilant? And where is our faith? How loud does our faith speak? We follow Christ not because life gets easier, but we follow Christ because we have been loved and we are loved. And we follow Christ so that we can share that love with others. We don't follow Christ. We don't join a church. We don't get involved in the life of the church to get what we want. We don't follow Christ so that our job gets better. We don't follow Christ so that our bank account gets better. We don't follow Christ so that our enemies get it stuck to them. We follow Christ because we are loved. And if with all Paul was going through, doing the work of Christ, if he could keep his faith, if he could keep his focus, if he could stay vigilant, who are you and I to say that we can't do likewise? My friends, let us be people of great faith. Let us never lose heart. Let us look at not, let us look not at what can be seen. Let us not find our security of what we have. For I don't care how much you have, you're not going, it's not going with you. But let us look at what God is doing in us. Imagine how much, how much your life, the life of your church, the life of your community, the life of your family, and the life of your world, and your relationship with God may change if we keep in mind the lessons that Paul gave us in his letter to the Corinthians. And this, my friends, is the word that I'm sharing with you today in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to the glory of God the Father. Thank you for listening to this podcast of First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana. You may find out more about us at fumcderitter.org.